Hey everyone, and welcome to a podcast by Buffalo Occupational Therapy for student and OT practitioners looking to bridge the gap between what you were taught in school and real-world OT practice. We are all about using our full scope of practice and understand that OT is so much more than ADLs. We are a medical science, we are a social science, and we are the cutting-edge next generation of OT practitioners. Welcome to Rethink OT. Don't you absolutely love spring? It's March. This means it's Traumatic Brain Injury Awareness Month. Occupational therapy practitioners play an enormous role in the rehabilitation post-traumatic brain injury. What better way to honor such an enormous area of practice for occupational therapy than by doing a mini-series on the greatest considerations for an occupational therapy practitioner in outpatient practice working with clients who have suffered a traumatic brain injury. I'm hoping this mini-series is going to help many of us come together and have a shared point of view when working with individuals who have suffered traumatic brain injuries. At Buffalo Occupational Therapy, we work very often with individuals at all levels of healing after a brain injury. It's important to note that depending on where you're working in the continuum of care and the level of injury of your patient, your plan of care and treatment continuum will differ from what I describe. I also am the lead occupational therapist at the National Brain Injury Institute, where I do teletherapy for individuals post-traumatic brain injury. I also perform medical record reviews for life care planning reports. This, along with my research, is what has led me to the purview on the subject. Before we jump into the series, it's probably best if we lay down some ground principles. Since the weather is so fantastic, I figured we would go to a place that many of you know, but you'll need to wait and be surprised. As an occupational therapist, I'm a huge believer in the PEO model. For those of you who are new here, that is the person environment occupation model. Environment is everything. So get your sneakers on and probably a jacket. It's sunny out there, but it's still just a bit chilly. Let's get going. Okay, let's walk and talk. We're headed to the subway and I don't want to miss the early train. Don't worry, in this world, everything is safe and social. Although, it is a bit busy out there because everyone has spring fever. So, as we're walking, I think the biggest point I need you to know is that traumatic brain injury is an invisible diagnosis. It's actually called an invisible disability. Your client needs you to understand this. In outpatient, oftentimes our clients have been discharged from the hospital and they're now ready to live their life. Despite continuing to face multiple symptoms, they are discharged home in hopes on returning to their prior level of function. Unfortunately, not many individuals have access to multidisciplinary care. 
Current evidence-based practice suggests that even years after somebody withstands even a mild traumatic brain injury, they will benefit from multidisciplinary approach to rehabilitation. There is such a cascade of symptoms that affect functional participation for our client, and they never even know they're going to face these challenges until they begin attempting to reintegrate into their former lifestyles. They begin to experience the changes that weren't noticeable in a full-time clinical setting. For many, they begin to see their altered neurocognitive dysfunctions for the first time, Unfortunately, it's difficult to explain what they're going through to their friends and family, and this becomes an absolute source of frustration. Friends and family are frustrated because their loved ones seem to be milking the symptoms and not trying to just get over it. And our client is frustrated because he or she is actually experiencing insurmountable challenges when trying to do meaningful activities they once thought were very simple. So, real quick, How can you help this? How can you help an individual facing an invisible disability? The quick and easy, give your client time to talk. Give your client time to talk about how he or she is feeling. It seems pretty simple, right? Actually ask the words, listen, I know you're fine and you are so strong and you're getting through but how are your spirits? How are you actually feeling about what you're going through? You explained to me earlier that, insert symptom here, how does that make you feel? Sometimes someone is waiting for permission to be raw and honest. So take time to give them that. Occupational therapy is just as much based on psychology principles as it is cognitive-related and physical medicine. It's important to maintain our full scope of practice when approaching client care. Okay, we finally made it to the train station. Let's head for our train, and once we're there, we'll just keep talking. Hey guys, I just want to interrupt real quick. I want to take a minute to remind you to head to our website for OT treatment ideas, any PDFs we reference in this podcast, and a ton of OT science rationale for your documentation. Be the therapist your clients ask for instead of just the therapist they feel they can do without. Head to the bot portal and OT store at www.buffalooccupationaltherapy.com. And don't forget to find us on social media in our Facebook group at Outpatient OT or on Insta at OT underscore Outpatient. Now back to the show. This reminds me of many of my clients who have suffered traumatic brain injury. See, individuals who have suffered a TVI find sights and sounds too hard for them sometimes. They have things like hyperacusis and photophobia. They want to be isolated and might get really confused when having to get onto the subway in a hurry, just like we just did. That's why it's so important to ask about those things. Most times, we won't know unless we initiate the asking. So, the second point. When it comes to documenting and interviewing your client's diagnoses with traumatic brain injury, Take the time to capture all the data in your evaluations and initial appointments. 
I can't stress enough how important it is to gather all necessary information and data in outpatient services. Not only is the important information necessary to obtain because of the people who may need it from you, like other medical professionals and law teams, but as an occupational therapy practitioner, you need to ensure you are quantifying every aspect of brain injury recovery in outpatient practice. This is good not only for the client and what they're going through, but it's also good for the profession. We need to constantly be able to give a answer for the necessity of occupational therapy. Quantifying is just as important, if not more important, than qualifying. We can't get so caught up in the conversation of it all that we forget that we're still a medical practice and we live in a bottom-up world. So what does this look like? It means get your core group of assessments ready to go. If you do the work the first time, every new patient you have who has been diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury will take less time during the preparation phase. I like to grab several assessments. First, I start with perception-based assessments. So my clients fill these out. The role checklist, the executive function questionnaire, the traumatic brain injury symptom checklist, and the ABC perceived balance scale or assessment. I may sometimes go through the executive function performance test if necessary. I also use slums and stroop, as well as dual tasking. Then, if time allows, I move on to the physical elements of the exam. Remember that with traumatic brain injury, especially in occupational therapy, we need to get the whole picture. We're generalists, we're holistic, and that's a great thing. But we need to stand up for that. We cannot truncate the body. We cannot allow others to rob us of part of our scope of practice. We're special. We see the entire body and we treat the entire body. We can't separate or parse our profession up into multiple professions. We look at physical function, cognitive function, psychological function, and overall general performance. So as far as physical exams are concerned, I look at the tandem walking screen, the Berg balance assessment, five times sit to stand, and the timed up and go test. There's actually a lot of research surrounding these particular assessments as applied to individuals with acquired brain injuries and as it relates to reliability and insight on functional performance capacity. These assessments can give you a bird's eye view into what is going on with your client. Only then can we make a plan of care continuum that is going to allow the client to get to where they're going efficiently and effectively. Oh, here's our stop. Let's get off. We're headed to the library. It's just around the corner. <laughs> I feel the anticipation coming off of you right now. All right, all right. I'll tell you why we're here. The third and final point is be prepared. 
Be prepared to partner your knowledge of physical medicine with your knowledge of social science, and then learn how to deliver both through patient education and treatment-based application through the lens of your profession. And don't forget, you need to do all of this by using the full scope of practice. Now, I won't sit too long on this soapbox, but I usually find my way up here at some point during these conversations. OT does not equal activities of daily living and instrumental activities of daily living. I think you and I can both agree that we do many things that are not IADLs and ADLs, right? I mean, you don't just put cups in cupboards, wash windows, and get dressed all day, do you? (laughs) Hopefully you said no. So why do so many of us feel like our jobs start and end with these occupations? There is so much more to life than putting cups away, getting dressed, and using the restroom. In outpatient occupational therapy, many of our clients are already independent with all of these things. But I promise you, They still need help traversing life. They still need someone to bring them to their fullest functional and cognitive capacity so that they can live a least restrictive lifestyle. Remember that your job is to remediate function, cognitive function, executive function, physical function, social interactive function. We always work to remediate. Now, We may help our clients compensate while we remediate or after we've determined that they've they've met their full functional capacity. But as a functional performance specialist, an occupational therapy practitioner should never leave their client in a state of dysfunction when we have the tools to lead our client on a journey to recovery. When working in outpatient occupational therapy with traumatic brain injuries, You must know just as many ways to elicit neurological healing as you do how to improve social interactions and self-care. I can't wait to get started on this mini-series with you. Follow the Rethink OT podcast to be alerted to our first episode in the series, Preparing for an Evaluation with a Patient Diagnosed with Traumatic Brain Injury. I'll talk about what I'm feeling now versus when I saw my first several patients with traumatic brain injury. I'll also talk about how I prepare to engage with the client and what key things to watch and listen for throughout the first interaction in outpatient occupational therapy. As always, thank you for listening to the Rethink OT podcast, where we live out our passion to remake OT into a cutting-edge profession.